Well, good day, good morning, good evening. Uh, my name is Jill, and this is our first official ready to go launch podcast for this Substack system of Wired for Danger. Uh, you know, I've been hesitating to make this first one because there's too many things I want to say, and uh, it's the same experience I had over at YouTube. You just can't put everything in all at once and so everybody gets everything and then you feel good about it so uh, what I wanted to do today is just do some small basics about what really Wired for Danger is and uh, talk a little bit about how I want this to evolve but it will always evolve but also what my commitment to this process is so I want to start if you don't know me uh, again my name is Jill right now it's I think about six o'clock in the morning on Friday January 21st and uh, I was kind of waiting around to see what happened with the talks between uh, Ukraine I mean with Russia and the US and you know the outcome was both sides have dug their heels in so if you're following this uh, you'll know that we're in a very 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 tenuous situation right now and uh, before I listened to that I was listening to some more background noise uh, n not noise, information. I say background noise because at the same time, uh, I wanted to let you know I've got a fire going. Uh, we're sitting here in very low light. I just use solar lighting. It's still dark outside. The dog is awake. It's warm. I've been running a fire for a couple hours, but there might be some crackling that you hear in the background. I did remember to take the fan off so you won't hear the hum of the, the heat fan on top of the stove, but the crackling is the fire. I just put in a few logs uh, it's a small wood stove and it burns wood so fast. Uh, I only have one type of wood. Uh, it's an alligator juniper, which is a lovely wood. It burns clean and lights fast, but it doesn't, it's not a super hard wood. And because it's a small stove, I have small logs. So it is a very active process to keep the fire going. So I wanted to set the stage just a little bit because you know, I've worked really hard to create my own tiny little sanctuary away from everything that's happening because there's so much happening. And I wanted to find a way to share some of that because when I talked about the idea of wired for danger, anybody who's built like that, and the, the short version is, uh, you know, if you see something bad happening you know if there's a car wreck you just run towards it even if it looks like it's gonna blow up and your brain is saying you know that's probably not a good idea you just can't stop yourself because you are wired to run into the danger everybody has three stress responses fight flight freeze I think they're floating a fourth one but fight flight freeze is how we chemically Oh, the dogs getting ready to drink water just in time to be recorded on the podcast uh, we all have three that our body responds to and it's always a balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system and if you're wired to fight if you're wired for danger that's your primary default response to to something very fearful externally or something dangerous you don't need help with that because that just happens uh, the other side of it though how do we manage the entire process how do we 
manage the ride that is wired for danger. That's the thing I really wanted to address because it's easy to go in for the fight, but all the other pieces are the ones that we struggle with. And we can pretend like that's not true, but I think the statistics of seeing veterans, I just heard, uh, was listening to the the Russia guy saying that, uh, you know, American veterans, that's the, your number one cause of death is suicide. That is crazy, right? Because we live in a system that will pay you for your danger, but it doesn't want to help you recover so that you can get to your wisdom. Uh, and I talk about danger and wisdom as partners because they're, we are both uh, you know, great wisdom takes danger because danger is, at the end of the day, the willingness to look at what the truth is. And truth is extremely dangerous. So when I talk about wired for danger, I am talking about those of us who can't stop themselves. Uh, you know, you just run into the bad thing. Uh, you know, I know I had a couple examples where I just knew there's something wrong with me because other people are not reacting the way I am in the same situation. Uh, but that's the easy part. The hard part is truth. And the reason we don't like truth is because it's dangerous to our belief system. It's dangerous to our sense of comfort in a world that makes sense to us. One of the things I like to do is to look up the origin of the original meaning, the root meaning of a word, and the the roots of danger are not peril. That actually came about in the 14th century. Prior to that, in the 13th century, danger at its core was power of lord or or uh, mastery of power. Uh, and it, you know, it was a sense of control. It was something that someone might have over you. But if you look at the real roots of the word themselves, it talks about uh, the house. Uh, D E M house is part of the danger root. Uh, and I really decided that I would just interpret that as you know, real danger is mastery of our own power, mastery of our own house. Uh, and we are our own house, right? We are in this world to become master of our own truth, our own power, our own internal process in the world. And the reason I'm focusing on you guys and gals, women and men who are primarily wired for danger is that your nervous system is unique. Uh, your brain is probably really unique and it's the one I understand the most because obviously it's the one that I have. And this information is applicable to anybody, but I wanted to have just a very specific conversation because my heart is for people who do the dangerous thing, not adrenaline junkies, not guys who throw themselves off cliffs because they need to get that high. Uh, that is something that goes on in the brain. Uh, some people's brains actually lack uh, or have an inhibition with fear. Uh, Alex, I can't remember his last name, who is a rock, a free fall rock climber. Uh, they did a scan, and the, one of the reasons he can do these crazy climbs that almost nobody else can is he has a, a he's so inhibited in his fear section of his brain that he can do that where the rest of us, you know, would just fall apart. And so, 
Uh, when I say wired for danger, I don't mean, you know, suicidal behavior or high risk taking. That may be part of it because your brain might really like that stimulation. And I'll talk about that more on another day. I'm talking about the kind of danger that you have to go in and do the right thing. You have to say the truth that gets you fired. You have to run into the burning building because you just can't not save the child, save the dog, save the owner. Whatever it is, you just have to do the right thing. And there's usually tremendous amounts of costs with that. And that's sort of where my heart breaks because you are so important and valued in this world. And yet, routinely, the world uses you, praises you, and then throws you away. And then persecutes you. There's nothing more hated than the messenger of truth, right? We don't really want to know because it's such a threat to our belief system. And almost everything we do is to try to keep ourselves safe within a comforting bubble of belief systems. And so, again, that's why I really wanted to speak to just this tiny group that is wired for danger, that understands you can't not do the right thing, you can't not throw yourself into the melee. And uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to record right now, although it's interesting as I'm talking to you, my brain fog is passing. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I've am i lived long enough now to uh, go through all kinds of hormonal cycles. And so, uh, and I've spent so much time studying nutrition and body chemistry and the electrical magnetic. I mean, I've spent so much time studying what the physiology and biology of the body is, trying to understand it for myself that I can tell, you know, what's what. And no matter where I'm at, there's just a persistent cycle that happens. And if you tell anybody about it, you know, they want to medicate you or they want to fix it because we have this belief system that somehow we're always supposed to be in a constant state of happiness. And if you have too much up and down you are you are dis, uh, you are considered bipolar but you also are disabled you can't really function in a world where there's too much extreme extreme high extreme low so the work isn't really to flatten or to be extreme it's to find that middle place that works for you and so I was observing this morning that I woke up I woke up at two. I didn't want to wake get up yet, so I waited till three. But I was pretty awake because I'm kind of on edge to see where the world is going here. Uh, so I woke up and I took some uh, glutamine for my brain and my gut uh, and some iodine for my brain and my body. And at some point I got super, super foggy. Of course, it might be that there's no oxygen here because I've been running the fire for a couple hours. Yes, I do have it vented. Uh, and as I was laying here being super, super foggy, I thought, you know, this is a perfect example because this is the three states most of us travel in. It's a state of fog or heaviness or being pooped out. Uh, it's a state of what I've been calling the roar, you know, when the wired for danger is turned on. Uh, and then 
in a, in a kind of negative way where you can't stop the roar that's going on inside of you. I used to call it screaming inside, but I'm going to just call it the roar. There's something happening and you can't turn it off. You can't even tone it down. And it's very uncomfortable, which makes people use drugs and do other things. Uh, and then the third state is the, the good one. The third state is when everything clicks and you're hyper-focused. Uh, either you know you're exercising or you're rescuing or you're in some kind of stimulating moment whether it's a thought of creativity whether it's flow whether it's a dopamine rush whatever it is there's this wonderful awesome feeling of being totally focused and like this is what I was born for the problem is is that state is not sustainable Uh, and I forget this all the time but your brain uses a third almost a third of your entire energy for the day over 30 percent of your energy consumption is by your brain. Uh, I would be interested to know if people who are uh, ADHD brain, hyper like me, have hyper thinking, if we're using even more. Uh, And it's just like running a marathon. At some point you're going to crash. And that's where that real fog and fatigue comes in. And then if you're like most of us, you start to beat yourself up because you're no longer in your high productivity, which moves you into that agitated state. And we move into the agitated state as a way to stimulate ourselves, trying to get back to that clear state. And I think by understanding those three systems, what's happening to you is how we really move forward in terms of managing, you know, what I've been calling the art of containment, but it's really the other side of the good part of Wired for Danger, the fun part, the thrill part. That isn't a sustainable state of being. The other side of it is a lot of work. And we are not supported as a culture to recognize that. Uh, I've actually got a book coming to me shortly about uh, the the warrior code, the code of the warrior. And it talks, I was listening to a woman who wrote it, and she, she talks about the different cultures and how they used different systems to transition out of warrior mode, you know, when they came home from war. And if you are truly a wired for danger person, you have many wars going on all the time. This morning, I uh, I told you in one of my routines is I brought the coffee up. And so I have on a pair of pants that are new this year, and I really like them, but they're not washable. They have to be dry cleaned or hand washed. And, but they're warm and it's cold outside, right? So Uh, I just had the thought, because I did this yesterday, I'm like, I'm going to spill my coffee. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be careful, because yesterday I spilled coffee on my pants. Two seconds later, huge coffee spill all over my pants. Immediately yelled and enraged. The dog perks up. There she is yelling again. Now they'll be calling that emotional dysregulation. But that's the roar. That's the surge that comes with the big F you. Uh, and then, you know, I grab the towel, I blot myself off, I give myself a moment to calm down because I recognize uh, it's my fault for not putting the towel on there in the first place or something that I don't mind staining because the ch- statistically, you know, the chances are I'm going to spill my coffee because I have a very lumpy situation up here. It's not smooth and it's there's no tables and things fall over all the time. So... You know, I set myself up for that. I was aware that it was going to happen, and I did it anyways. And so there's this constant cycling through our roar, into our fog, into our uh, 
focus. Uh, And so, like I said, as I'm talking to you, my focus is coming back because now I'm doing something I like. I'm thinking about things I like. I'm sharing you with something I like. Uh, And those are little cycles that happen all day long. Uh, When I worked in the emergency rooms and we had traumas, you know, the little beeper would go off saying the trauma is coming. And immediately, you know, my body would release all those chemicals. You know, there would be the excitement that something dramatic might happen. Uh, There was the fear, like, what if this is the one thing I can't face or I can't handle? Uh, Then there's, you know, the rush of the the movement and the noise and no time to think, you know, the body comes in, whether they're alive or dead and all the people and there's so many things to do and the trauma team is with them. And that's, you know, when you feel most alive. And then, you know, by the end of 12 hours after a shift, I can barely function. And then I have to get up and do it again the next day. And there was never, you know, it took such a toll on my personal life. I could never really interact with anybody because that took everything I had. And I think that's something else that you guys will recognize is that there's a terribly high energetic, I'm not saying emotional, I'm saying energetic cost to being wired for danger when you're using a lot of energy And there's a lot of problems when you're not using enough, when you're bored, when you're home, when you're in the routine, when nothing, nothing real purposeful feels like it's happening. That's when we tend to get into trouble or cause problems or spiral. So these are all things that are very specific to people who are wired for danger. They're also inclusive of people who are not in this process. But again, I'm speaking just to you because... As we move into just more and more uncertainty, you are such a vital, vital piece of this puzzle that's happening at this point in time. And again, I have so much to say on this. I don't want to overwhelm us all on the day that we begin this official process. Uh, But I'm going to encourage you to hang out and move forward. Uh, Right now, I'm going to focus on trying to do it once a week because you are going to get emails, and so I don't want to overwhelm people. But eventually, I want to move into three times a week. Uh, It's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Monday, Wednesdays will be for free. Fridays will be by the paid subscription. So you can sign up. There's no cost for you to sign up. Uh, If you want to be supportive, you can sign up now, even though it's going to be just once a week. But eventually, I will be talking about more of the hardcore stuff, the the uncomfortable truths in the private section, because that's for people who are super committed. It's easy to sign up when things are free. People aren't invested. But when you are truly wanting something powerful, you will put your money where your mouth is, your time where your feet are. Uh, And the other thing I need to say, and I was thinking about this this morning, is Uh, We have to really look at where we invest our energy and, uh, you know, where we put our money. And I've devoted my life to these processes. And I added it up one time, like all the money I spent, you know, out of pocket, but even more so the cost of my time. It was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for things I didn't do or pursue because I was so focused on this and all the opportunities that I pushed away because this was so much more important. So... As if you go to the website, you'll see, you know, I say that danger is free, wisdom is not. It's easy to get into trouble. It's easy to throw yourself in the line of fire. The wisdom 
is not free. There's always a price to be paid for wisdom. There's a cost, whether it's through our experience, it's whether it's through understanding. Uh, and most people don't want that. We tend to want to pay for things that tell us everything's going to be okay. We want to pay for things that tell us that we are awesome and that we don't need to change and the rest of the world needs to change. Uh, we pay for what we want to be true, not what we need to know. Uh, and that's really what wisdom is. You know, the Bible says, you know, with wisdom comes sorrow, with great wisdom comes great sorrow, great sorrow. And I cannot tell you that it's not true. The really deep truths are just suck and they're horrible. And I've been thrashing around trying to figure out what to do with them because I didn't want them to be true. I'm sure you won't either. So uh, this is going to be a journey at a very tenuous time. But, you know, my focus for 2022 is to remember who we are, not just as human and wired for danger, not just as men and women, because we're wired very differently, uh, and not just as uh, worldly, but who we are in a much broader sense, who we are as spirit, as an idea, as eternal, because you cannot get through the heaviness of what's happening without understanding the bigger picture and how important both our humanity and our spirit are to this process. So we're going to be talking about both, not from a religious perspective, but from actually a very practical perspective. There's the physics and the science are really supporting uh, what has been sort of spiritual esoteric stuff for a long time. So uh, this is going to be focused on you, the people who want to run into the fire to save the innocents. Uh, I want to support you because there's never been a more important time for you to function, but you will burn out and crash because... This worldly battle, battle is not one that we win. So the other two areas of focus are how do we get through now, because it's going to suck, uh, and then what do we build next? And what I learned personally, uh, these, I was saying the last, uh, this last year has been kind of a recovery year, but the three years before that just were an escalation of horribleness. And I was to a point, I'm like, if this is going to be my life, I don't want to be here. And I, I realized with that, two things. One, that you can only learn endurance by enduring. And two, if you don't have hope, there is no reason to get up in the morning. And that was really key for me, because I wasn't sure what hope was. If it was important, it is. It's very important. So build what is next is the third component. And not just build what is next based on what we knew before. But I am trying to imagine, and I hope you'll do this with me, what kind of world would we build that would support a wired for danger person? Because the more I have slipped into the wild and the wilderness, the more I recognize this is where I belong, much to the uh, dismay of other people. <laughs> but there's just something that's happening that it's hard for me to communicate. And I want to share that but I also want to envision a world where it's not uh, it's not such a struggle to be in in the world in a way that doesn't make sense to other people so uh, I don't think we can move forward without hope I made a video once where I said tenacious hope is the not my number one survival skill and it really is if you lose hope then it's all over so 
we're going to remember who we are at many, many levels. We're going to talk about how to get through now because we won't be able to not do the right thing, but there'll be a huge cost to that. And then we're going to talk about building what is next. And that is the hope. Uh, and maybe not even for us, but for the generations that follow, because if you're like me, you understand that's the point. The point isn't that I have a perfect, safe, and comfortable life. The point is that I get what I need in this life, and I make the way for those that follow after me, because nobody wins until we all win, and the end of that is a very, very long ways off. So again, I want to say I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, I hope you'll take a moment to subscribe and see how this goes. Feedback is welcome. I can hear the fire has died out in the little bit of time we've been talking, so I have to go down and re- apply wood and get it going again. <laughs> it's a very labor intensive process, which is good for my brain, but highly annoying to my attitude. So deep breath, my friends, remember in through the nose, get the air in that lower lungs and really push it out because that's where all the magic happens in the lower lobes. Just like deep truths is where all the magic happens. So with that, I will see you next time.